Hallelujah. Brethren, I want you to understand something. That moments like this are sanctified unto the Lord. When we gather, as we laugh and we rejoice and, you know, we enjoy ourselves in the presence of God, there's something we need to understand also that it is also the sanctified presence of the Lord. For He is amongst His people. Hallelujah. He is amongst His people. Hallelujah. He is amongst His people. The Lord is His people. And He's always here to teach us, to show us, hallelujah, the right way that we may go, the right way that we might think, hallelujah, so that we don't fall into the way that seems right in the sight of a man but end up in destruction. You know, it is interesting how many believers are deceived in their deception, not knowing. Because, you see, they've fallen into the way that looks and feels right to them. But the Bible says that the end thereof are the ways of death. The ways of death. That way they don't know leads to death. It appears so good. It appears so good. It appears so, it, it appears so right. Uh, because, you see, sometimes even men use the Bible to support those ways. And they may put scriptures from the word of God to support those ways, but it cannot make it right. At the core, those ways are not of God. Because simply they are not offered of God. They are not offered of God. Hallelujah. There is only one way offered of God, and that is Christ. That's why Jesus, the Bible says that he said, he is the way, the truth. He is the way, one way, only one way. There are not many, only one way. So every other way may seem right. But if it has not been offered of God, it's none of this. And it would only lead to death, death, a spiritual separation from God. It will begin in this life, you realize that things, your, things will be dying in your life. Your spiritual life will be dying, most importantly. Your relationship with God will be dying. Your prayer life will be dying. Your Bible study life will be dying. You are in a relationship. And you, you deem that relationship to be a blessing from God. But that, as that relationship progresses, your spiritual life is dying. You should know there is a way that leads to death. You've held on to something as the blessing of God. But as you continue to enjoy that supposed blessing of God, you realize that your spiritual life is dying. You, you don't pray anymore. You don't fast anymore. You don't study the word. You don't hunger for the word. You don't hunger for God anymore. You are dying. It is a way that seems right to a man. But the end are the ways of death and will culminate in the in the, in, 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 in your total separation from God in the end of time. That is when you realize that you miss the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. As a believer, there's something you should never lose in your life. That is your hunger. Your hunger and your thirst for God. Because those two things will always make you run to the fountain of life. Hallelujah. 
when you thirst, you would always run to the fountain of life. But you know, there are many believers not thirsting these days. Why? Because the devil has filled the things that seem to satisfy. So they don't thirst for God anymore. God is not their longing anymore. Like David said, Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth my heart desires nothing but you. See, their hearts have been clubbed, overtaken, overridden by so many desires of this life. They no longer hunger for God. They no longer thirst for God. Hallelujah. Oh, but I pray for faith generation. May there never come a time where our hunger will run dry. Hallelujah. May we always test for the living Savior. May we always long for the fountain of life. Daily. You know what? Tonight I'm not going to say I'm wrapping up our three series because you know, anytime I say it, we never wrap it up. Rather, the faith series is going to continue until next year. Until the first Sunday of next year. That's when our faith series will, will end. So today, you know, as I was just contemplating, Lord, what would you want us to share tonight? Something so important was laid on my heart. And in the subsequent weeks also, you are going to hear other aspects of the faith, faith series that is really going to, you know, impact your life. But tonight I want to talk about the essence of our faith. Hallelujah. We have looked at so many dimensions of our faith. But I want to look at the essence, the essence of our faith. Hallelujah. You see, the dictionary defines the word essence as, you know, the real nature of or a, a, the significant feature of a particular thing. And sometimes it defines it as the intrinsic or indispensable quality that's a, that means that is it, when we talk about essence, we are talking about something that you immediately think of when you see something. Hallelujah. For example, when you hear of democracy, immediately you think of freedom, freedom of speech, because freedom is intrinsic to them. If you take away freedom from democracy, then it's not democracy. That means that, you see, what the essence of our faith is, if you take it away, there is no faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And the reason I believe the Lord has impressed this upon my heart is that there are many deviating from the faith. They are deviating from the faith. And it's, about, it's, it's always good that we have a reminder so that we come back to the the real quality, the real defining characteristic of our faith. Hallelujah. So that we don't, you know, we don't fall prey to the deceptive trickery of the enemy. 
Hallelujah. If you do have your, you want to turn with me quickly. If you have your Bibles, turn with me quickly. We're going to be looking at Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 10. And we are going to sing that. Hallelujah. This is Paul speaking, and I'm going to read very quickly. The Bible says, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. He says, beware of evil workers. And he says, beware of the concession. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4. Though I have confidence in the flesh, it is and think that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh. I more circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, on the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews as touching the law and Pharisee concerning view persecuting the church, righteous in the law blameless. Look at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those things have counted lost for death. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and who found them found that they win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which but which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable to him if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not, not as though I have already attained either, were already made perfect. But I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. See here, Paul lays down a discourse warning the Philippians of things they should be aware of, of not putting their trust in the flesh and not seeking to gain righteousness by the flesh, recognizing that their righteousness came by the faith of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In verse 10, in verse 9 and 10, he points to us that he counts all things but done for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. And then he comes down in verse 10 and says, that I may know him. Brethren, that short statement, that I may know him, it echoes a particular statement Christ Jesus also made which is the very essence of our faith, the intrinsic characteristic of our faith, that I may know him. When you take away the hunger of knowing Christ, 
there is no faith. Just as take freedom away from democracy, if you take away the hunger of knowing Christ, the desire to know Christ, the first after the knowledge of Christ, there is no faith. Then you don't have the faith. Because our faith is one that intrinsically is after the knowledge of Christ. And this knowledge is not just the filling of your head with information about who Christ is, but it is a knowledge that comes through koinonia, a knowledge that makes the known and the knower one. It brings you, the who is seeking to know, and the person you are knowing one. It's a knowledge that comes through fellowship, intimacy. That is the essence of our faith. So the distinguishing mark of a believer then, who has the faith of Christ in him, or the faith of Christ operating in him, is one that seeks after the knowledge of Christ. It's one that longs for the knowledge of Christ. It's one that is intimately fellowshipping with Christ and knows him. And you know, the interesting thing is, the more you know him, the more you want to get to know him, because the more you know him, know him. Because you find that he is beautiful beyond description. You find that he is the first of 10,000. And you want to keep beholding him. Because as you behold, you begin to see the name. The, the many-sided glory of the Father in the face of Christ Jesus. And you keep beholding because it, it, it is not a, it is an ever-changing glory. You just cannot have enough of it. And that is what your heart longs after. You are being won over by Christ in your heart. And you just want to behold Him. How Yes. Like I said, these words of power that I may know him, they echo the very words of Jesus in the book of John, chapter number 17, verse 3. If you have your Bible, turn with me there quickly. John 17, verse 3. We are talking about the essence of our faith, the intrinsic characteristic that defines our faith. This thing called the Christian faith, what, what is the real essence? That's what we are talking about. And we said it is know him. The hunger, that thirst, that longing for intimate knowledge of the Holy One. Hallelujah. Look at John 17, verse 3. He said, Now is eternal life. We know that our faith in Christ has brought us eternal life. Right? By our faith in Jesus, we've received eternal life. Now listen to the definition of Christ concerning this eternal life. The Bible says that and God has given us eternal life, and this life, this eternal life, is in His Son. He who has the Son has this life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have this life. And you receive this life from the Son of God through faith. Hallelujah. It means describing what this life is. It says, now this is eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you have sent. 
So when Jesus came down and brought eternal life, he brought down the knowledge of God. He brought down the knowledge of divinity. And it was not just information as in a whole book where you have to read and you get to know. No, no, no. He brought that divine knowledge that is accessed through the Holy Ghost. That is a fellowship, a fellowship through the Holy Ghost. He opens your eyes to the real divinity. You begin to encounter God in His presence, and you begin to know Him in heart, and when you begin to understand, and you begin to have glimpses of who He. See, you can never exhaust who God is. That is why the more you know, the more you want to know. Hallelujah. Jesus brought down the knowledge of divinity in himself. And this knowledge is released into our heart by the That is why Paul prayed and he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus the love of God and the fellowship, the fellowship, the participation, the koinonia, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Why? Because it is through that fellowship, it is through that communion, it's imparted into our heart. No, 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 you can't learn it in Bible school. It doesn't happen that way. It, 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 it comes through that koinonia, that, that fellowship with the Holy Ghost, that intimacy with the Spirit of God. And it begins to make known to you by revelation, by revelation. Ah, Jesus, a flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He begins to reveal it to you by revelation, the knowledge of Christ. When Jesus walked the face of the earth, but he had the greatest revelation of this man called Jesus. How? By the Holy Ghost. In the same way, in the same way, you would also have the knowledge of the Holy Fire by the Holy Ghost. This, brethren, is the essence of our faith. This is the essence. So every man. When our this faith is operating, longs for the knowledge of the Holy One. He is so consumed with God. He only won't know God. Sometimes when we look into the lives of believers, you can clearly tell what their heart is after. They don't want to know God. Their mouths may God said you worship me with your mouth but your heart are far away from me. <laughs> because in church we say we sing us, Oh God, I want to know you. Oh Lord, I want to know your glory. You know, we sing, Oh Lord, I want to know you, but in our deeds, you know, we are we he's the last person we want to know. Ah He's the last person we want to know. But I tell you, brethren, until your heart touches this, then the faith of Christ is not really operating in you. Until your heart touches this, then we must really question whether you are born again. Sometimes I say these things and I know they are very strong because it's true. Until you now, you can tell in your heart that you have a desire. 
a longing, which is not a longing, but a longing that drives you to seek God. When you count all things like Paul in this world as for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You cherish the knowledge of your Lord Jesus more excellent than any other thing. You cherish it more excellent than degrees. You cherish it more excellent than PhDs. You cherish it more excellent you are seeking. You cherish him more excellent than the husband and wife you are looking for. You cherish him more excellent than the cross, the BMW and the Jaguars you are looking for. More precious to you. You are so consumed with him. So consumed with him. So consumed with him. But you say with David, Whom have I in heaven? Listen to that statement of David. It's so serious. David said, Whom have I in heaven? That's you. Let me tell you something. When you go to heaven, and you have all the things you could ever dream about. The peace, the joy unspeakable, the angels, the streets of gold, the, the beauty and the, the unimaginable glory. In heaven, you have it all. No more suffering, no tears, nothing. And Jesus Christ is not there. Will your heart be at peace? Will you be satisfied? Let me tell you what you, your heart is really looking for. That means you are really looking for comfort because that place is very comfortable. Your All these things can be um, My heart is not up for heaven. Listen, as believers, we are not seeking to go to I know we sing songs about going to heaven when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing shall it be. We want to go to But the reason we desire this place is because Christ is there. We believe Christ to be there. Where Christ is is where heaven is. He is the one we want. It's not so much about the place, but about the person. It's Christ. It is He we want. It is He we seek. It is He we desire. This burden is the essence of our faith. So can I say that Christ Jesus and the knowledge of Him and the desire of Him and the hunger to know Him is the essence of our faith. Any other thing is false. I tell you, if you hear anybody telling you otherwise, run away. It's false. They are trying to set you on a path that seems right to a man, but ends up in your destruction. Hallelujah. The Bible says that let him that boast. Let the rich man, let the strong man not boast in his strength. Let the rich man in his riches. Now the wise man in his wisdom, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knoweth and understandeth me, the Lord. I'll add that to it. That he knoweth and understandeth me, the Lord. That he knows and he understands me, the Lord. That word, the Lord, there is Jehovah. That is 
the God we serve. But this is the essence of our faith. I want to show you another scripture. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, actually 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. Let me actually read from verse 4, so that it blesses your heart. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you. This is Paul speaking. Because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you were not lacking in any gift, and you wait, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, hallelujah, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ. Are you looking at it? God is what faithful. By whom you were called by God, called into, your, into the fellowship of his son. What does that mean? The Trinity, let me show you something about the Trinity. The Trinity is this. God the Father loves his son so much. I tell you, we cannot comprehend the depth of the Father's love for his son Jesus. They are so intensely in love. By the Spirit of God, who is the third person of the Trinity, which is, who is no less the same God. And on that cross, when Christ was separated, when Jesus was separated for the first time, from the Father, because he, he had been made sin, his soul had been made far by sin, and not only that, he had literally been made sin for us, the Father came beside. That was such the, the, the greatest and most horrific cosmic, you know, tragedy that ever happened in this world. But the Bible says that on the third day he arose again. Hallelujah. And woke up into, 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 into into heaven, and you see that on the right hand side of God. Now, that koinonia third had with the Father is restored again. They won again. And this time, because divinity took on you, humanity now had been given access through Christ to participate in this eternal fellowship of the Son with the Father. You understand? That is why God loves you as much as he loves Christ Jesus. Why? Because you've been given access, invitation, special invitation to participate in the fellowship the Son has. That fellowship, listen, God pours himself into the Son. The Son pours himself into the Father. All by the Spirit, orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son. Your faith is a calling into the fellowship of His Son, to participate in that fellowship the Son had with the Father, the privilege of enjoying, enjoying, enjoying that fellowship. How could we exchange such blessedness 
earthly corporate fancy things of this life. How could we? How could we make it any other thing but this? How could we? How could we make it so banal, so cheap, by exchanging such glorious things, glorious fellowship for earthly things of this life? How could we? How could our hearts turn away from such invitation into such glorious fellowship and chase after these things of this life? How could we? How could we, brother? This is the essence of faith. Daddy, this is the essence of our faith to know Him. Christ Jesus must not become a means. In our, there are a lot of people that think this is the essence of their faith. Christ Jesus is simply a means to an end. Their end is something else, maybe comfort, success, or whatever you may dream about. But I want you to know that Christ Jesus is the author and finisher. He's the, he's the essence of our, he's the be it all and end it all of our faith. He's the end of our faith. He's the cornerstone. You know, in those days, the cornerstone is not the stone in the corner. It is the first stone that is built before the building is built. And you don't build, you build around the cornerstone. It is the center, the centrality. Because he's everything. Hallelujah. Amen. It's Christ Jesus, the cornerstone of your life. Yes, your desire will be to know him. Again, this is the essence of our faith. So to only spend your time praying every day, oh God, I want me a house. Oh God, I want me a husband. Oh God, I want me a this. And not that blessing of prayer which has been given you to actually fellowship with God. Oh, the blessedness of prayer. Prayer is meant to facilitate your fellowship with the Father. That's the essence of prayer. I love what Daddy said when we went for the retreat. Prosukumai, to kiss the face of God. What are you doing when you are kissing? You are fellowshipping. Felicia, can I use you as an example? Felicia, Chicago, can I use you as an example? In January, Felicia is going to get married. When she's getting married, I'll be there. And after all the things, they say you may not kiss the bride. When they are kissing, what do you think they are doing? They are fellowshipping. Hallelujah. And I'll be looking at the fellowship. Amen. <laughs> I'll be right the fellowship, observing the fellowship. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. That's the blessing of our of prayer. Fellowship with him. This is the essence. Let me tell you, if your hunger is running dry, eh, you must do everything to get your hunger back. I'm telling you. Because if you lose it, you've lost it. Your hunger will test. If you lose it, you've lost it all. Don't let anything steal that thing away from you. 
you get to the point where you literally have to drag yourself through your faith. I mean, you have to drag yourself even into the presence of God. Everything has become a drudgery in your life. No, you are losing it. One of the prayers you should pray is that, Oh God, may my hunger never run dry. Always thirst for you. Do you know that God can literally baptize you with a thirst for him? There's a better know sometimes as a pastor, you know, you preach to them, you preach to your members, you preach to them, preach to them, preach to them, and they don't really desire God. It's not some supernatural thing that will make this some supernatural happening or something that will make them desire God. No. It may make them fear God for a season. But if you want them to always pray for them that God will baptize them with a desire to know you. You are just there. You woke up one day and all of a sudden God infuses in your heart a fresh baptism of his desire to know you. No The moon does easy and I pray for you today in the name of Jesus. Anything that has clogged your heart and caused your desire and your hunger to run dry, be removed in the name of Jesus. Let them be taken away. May God increase your desire for Him. May your heart cry deep to know Him. May you count all things but done for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. The excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. May your heart esteem that above it all. Mm-hmm. You can tell the world, you can have all, everything and all I want is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Tanta matola matapai. Membere bebezizi mekondo robodula bateke. Lift up your voice this hour and begin to pray, Oh God, may my hunger never run dry. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Pray that in fifth generation our hunger will never run dry. That anybody that will become a part of this fellowship will be infused with the desire to know God, to know Christ, to chase, to, to, to long for God, to seek for God with all his heart, to thirst after the Father. They said, as the deer longs for the water brooks, so my soul longs after thee. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Let this be the infancy 